This is William Tincup, and we are broadcasting live from Transform in the Greenhouse booth. Angela's on with us right now. Angela, would you do us a favor and introduce yourself? Sure. I'm Angela cheng Simony at my second Transform conference, and I'm the CHRO of Harvard Business Publishing, best known for putting out the Harvard Business Review. Oh, wow. That's fantastic. What a great publication. Thank you. It's probably one of many of yours. but Just celebrated 100 years last year. Oh, my. So lots of the companies we wrote about aren't even around anymore. So prior to business school, the states being, uh, prior to uh, <laughs> business school, I read every Harvard Business Review case study written. Wow. Yeah. That's got to be a medal for that. <laughs> like a badge. There's got to be a credential for that. I don't know. Well, because I, I had two arts degrees. So I have a, a BA and an MA. And I'm like, I'm going to business school. I don't know anything about this. So it was really literally the, the place I went. Because this is pre-internet, but uh, or at least pre-commercialized internet, and so I basically I said, okay, I went to the library and printed every one of them out, read every single one of them, and then when we did cases, I'm like, yeah, I'm pretty good here. I got this. So can I tell you, students to this day still prefer the printed version. Like we tried giving them out iPads. I know. They're like, no, we need to go old school. I like the yeah, pa- I like the paper. Yeah, the tactile feel, I, highlighting. I had like a five-inch binder with every single one of them. From all the way back to the first business case that y'all put together. Wow, you probably could sell those as class notes. <laughs> that you could monetize that. I think you gotta be thinking about that. It was, <laughs> it was so such a great teaching tool for me just to go back through it because I didn't know the case study method. You know, be able to look at things from multiple perspectives and things like that. And so it was just a wonderful thing. So thank you and all the people, all um, the hundreds and thousands of people that actually worked on those things. Um, let's talk a little DEI. Let's do it. So over the last couple of years, let's just say five or six years, what do you think we've done well? Or where do you think we've made strides in DEI? I think we've mainstreamed the conversation, right? Um, if you're not having it, then... Yeah, something's wrong. Something, something's really, really wrong, right? It's, something's it, rotten in Denmark. It's, it's like I tell people about the pandemic. If you didn't reevaluate your life after the pandemic, something's wrong with you. Or you're just one of the, like, half a percent where life was already pretty cool for you. hundred percent. Yeah, 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 right? <laughs> I live in the Caymans. Yeah, I don't exactly. have to worry about money. You know what? You're good. You're good. <laughs> you're you're good. good. That's right. Not many of those folks, right. but yes. That's right. That's not, right. Many, not, not many of them that I know, at least. Yeah, so that's right. There's that. Um, I love the mainstream thing because it is, like, people's grandmothers know diversity, inclusion, belonging, equity, equality. Like, it's like, it's on 60 Minutes. That's right. You know, it's like stuff like that, like... Again, we're a little we're a little bit late, like a hundred years or so. But it's great that it is mainstream. So now let's talk about the opposite. Um, what do we need to make strides, or what do you what do you look when you look across? Is is there something that kind of bothers you, or or just the opposite of the first question? See number one, right? Too much of it is still performative. Yep. Too much of it is still let's just talk about it. Right. Let's do it. Yeah, yeah. Right? Let's let's fumble. Let's make mistakes. Let's try. Let's talk to the people who are at most at risk. They'll tell you the change we need to be. Right. What's interesting about what you just said is the mis- use the word mistakes. And I find a lot of folks, this is board, C-suite, uh, they're afraid to make mistakes in this particular area. That's right. Like if it's a marketing campaign and it, and it just, you know, doesn't do well, yeah. If we did a sales event and it didn't go well, but if we're going to align ourselves with HBCUs and it doesn't go well, it's like, this is the end of the world. It's like, no, it really isn't. You just figure it out. 
I'm glad you, you talked about mistakes because a lot of people don't bring that up because I think they get some analysis paralysis. And it's like, let's go back to the discussion or let's go back to some programs and do intentionality, which is great. Listening, all that allyship, all that stuff's great. Well, I mean, let's talk about that for a second. I mean, there are still not enough of the underrepresented and the marginalized sitting at the table. So you've got to find allies among the entrenched. Right. And it's not their lived experience. So they're going to make mistakes. That's right. But that's okay. That's, right? I'd rather see the effort. I'd rather see you know, a good intent. That's, that's it's such an gr- important part of the discussion. Donald uh, from Greenhouse yesterday was talking about allyship. And he really got me to think about it's not, it's everyone. Everyone needs to be an ally. Everyone needs to think about ally in every conversation. Like, how can I be a better ally? Again, being intentional about it is, 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 is important, but, but again, it's not an on-off. It's like you're always being an ally. And I'll take it one step further, become a sponsor. Yep. Right, like lift people up, open up your networks, give them opportunities, champion them. Right. Don't just talk about, yeah, I see you, I feel you. But now actually, right, I'm going to bring you into my world. I'm going to share my network with you. I'm going to share my privilege right. with you. Right, right, right. It's funny. I have a I have difficulty with the phrase, I, I feel seen and heard, or do you feel seen and heard? Because I'm like, they're two different things. Seen and heard. Different. Different. You can be seen, but not heard. Although, I mean, depending on where you are in your journey, right, sometimes... Just seeing me? 100%. Like, it all depends on where you are in that spectrum. And, and that's, that's right. what I'm talking about. Like, sometimes it's just talk. And sometimes we're not even... There are still organizations when we're not talking about Oh, it. yeah. Right? Oh, so, yeah. Oh, yeah. Because, again, the entrenched... It's easier to do it. I said this yesterday about... You know, I think it was years ago, I looked at a, a, a VC firm in, yeah. in the Bay. And I went to their executive team page. And it was all pear-shaped white guys. Right? All North Face, you know, Patagonia, the whole bit, right? And they weren't really pear-shaped. That, that's more me. But the, uh, the thing is, <laughs> it was all white guys. And I thought to myself, that's got to be really easy to work there. Like, because there's no conflict. No challenge. There's no challenge. Like, they all went to the same business school. They all wear the same clothes. They all go to the same golf club. Like, like it's got to be easy. It's just got to be super easy. And that's not, the, that's not what you want to work. You want it to be challenged. You want it to be innovative. You want you want to actually have that conflict. So, let's do let's do measurement. Like, I won't ask you to like your favorite measurement or if you only had to measure one thing. But when you look at measurement of DEI, what's important to you? So we've got all the traditional metrics, right? Like right. percentage of X, percentage right. of Y. At what level? For me, and it's a conversation we're having at HBP is. The day I no longer need a head of diversity. Then you know. Then we know. I love that because it's become, like I was thinking about this yesterday in in regards to the women's suffrage movement and voting. Like, we don't talk about women in voting. (laughs) Right? We don't, but I'll tell you what, we still qualify like greatest female athlete. Yeah. Dude, why? Why? Just athlete. Goat. Just, just, yeah, goat. Right? Hard stop. Why does it have to be male, female? That's right. And and like when I was thinking about voting, like there was a really, really, it was a struggle to get to the place. It's been a struggle. There are definitely not easy things. I never thought I'd live my life where Roe versus Wade was actually overturned, but that's a separate issue. But like we don't talk explicitly about women voting. 
where we did at one point. And I look at all of diversity and inclusion. Not that long ago. No. No. People, civil rights, not that long ago. 1960s. Not Not that long ago. So it's like, at one point it permeates every conversation. It becomes a part of everything. You don't need Sandy or James in that's over DEI. That's right, because everybody right. is already, like, it's it's inclusivity in, in the most noble sense. Right. Right? Right. It just becomes everything that you do, every conversation. And it's natural for everyone. Like, it's natural and normal. And not scary. Not scary. And again, mistakes can be made, and it's okay. You have been absolutely wonderful. Thank, Thank you for you coming by. Thank you for having by. me. This yeah. has been great. It's great. All right, and we're out. Thank you. <laughs>